is good to go. Good morning. This is the uh, first of our uh, recordings for messages from the River Life Church of Christ for St. George and Durandandy uh, since the uh, uh, church has had to change the way they do things because of the coronavirus and uh, we just want to let you know that as a uh, church we uh, and as, as pastors and elders that we're praying for all of you and uh, we love you dearly and uh, yeah we're just praying that God will help us through this difficult time of of not being together as we have been, uh, but we know that he's good and we know that his faithfulness is sure. And it's because of that that I'm actually bringing a, a passage today from the book of 1 Peter, from the start of uh, the book of 1 Peter. And Peter has just in this uh, passage some incredibly rich words about who we are as a church and uh, who we are as a church, particularly in this world. Uh, as we live life with the daily hardships uh, in light of the promises of God. And uh, especially at a time when it feels like sort of all all normals, all norms and all certainty and all plans and all hopes, they look very shaky. What's, what's the foundation we have at this time that we can rely on? And uh, Peter himself was going through those times and so he, um, he wrote this book at that time. But... It, it's it's important in hardship that we actually turn our eyes to the things that are sure, the things that are certain, the things that we can rely upon. Um, yeah, when we have doubt and anxiety and, and so on, uh, what can we trust? And uh, the natural tendency for all of us is to do a bit of prepping, to go to the grocery store and buy a heap of things that'll make us safe. Uh, to yeah, get lots of uh, pasta and toilet paper and rice and um, and uh, to dig a hole in the ground and store them there so no one else can get them, something that we can rely upon. But uh, we all know really that those things are, are not going to give us uh, any hope or security that we desire. We actually, we need something a lot deeper. So I'm going to uh, read from uh, 1 Peter, but first I'm going to pray. Father, we just want to thank you for your faithfulness to us and uh, I pray that as uh, we read your word that you would show to us uh, by the power of your spirit this faithfulness that we might just get a glimpse of the security we have in you and, and Father that you would calm our hearts and bring us your peace and I pray this in Jesus name. Amen. From 1 Peter uh, chapter 1 verse 1 Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ to God's elect Strangers in the world, scattered through Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia and Bithynia, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ and sprinkling by his blood. Grace and peace be yours in abundance. Now these are incredibly rich words. It's like every word in uh, Peter's introduction has so much meaning and, and so much encouragement for us. He begins by that calling us God's elect, that God, God actually chose us. He's going to say that again in a minute because that's one of the central things that gives us assurance and peace in this world is knowing that God's actually the one who chose us and if he chose us, we must be safe. 
But he, he says we are strangers in the world, scattered all over the place. Uh, strangers, even though in one sense we're, we're really heirs to all of God's creation and this world, we're actually strangers because we know that the world, as, as John would describe it, is, is um, it's not really the place we live. It's not where we come from. It doesn't have the same foundations as us. It doesn't have the same ideas as us. It's just... Uh, it's on about something totally different than uh, the God who made us all. And so in one sense, when we, we live in this world, we kind of we get the sense that we, we don't quite belong or we're in the world, but we're not of the world. It's not actually our eternal home. In, and in hard times, the Holy Spirit brings to us a reminder that well, Paul calls it a foretaste. He gives us a glimpse of the good that he's doing and that he's going to bring to us. But this glimpse, a foretaste, is, is of a great feast which is to come. God's bringing a feast for us and he, he reminds us in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. And uh, so even as we feel as strangers in this world with all that, that goes on, uh, we know that he has good in store for us. Uh, he says we're scattered, scattered across the world. Uh, in one sense, the church is quite hidden in this world. Uh, it's only known by God, uh, but he is the father of the family, and the family is all of the children across the whole world. And so even though we're not all together, there is an, a, uni a unity that, that's come through him, and we will be together uh, when his times come. He says uh, we have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. I said it before, but Jesus said once to his disciples, you didn't choose me, I chose you. And what a, what a blessing it is to know that God is the one who has chosen us. Because that gives us an assurance. If, if it's based on anything that we do to earn his favour, to earn him to love us, if it's based on anything we are, uh, based on anything we achieve, then we're never going to be quite sure. But knowing that we've been chosen by him is it, such a blessing. I, I really encourage you just to, to think through what it means to have been chosen by God and what that brings to you. Because it's, it, it, it's his promise of that which brings life to us and actually brings us faith. And it was his foreknowledge. He chose us, he, he chose us before we chose him. He knew what was going on. He had us in his mind before we had him in our mind. And that's quite incredible, especially when you consider that we, uh, we were quite against him. We, we didn't want his ways. And uh, he, he loved us and he called us by his foreknowledge. By the sanctifying of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, uh, he, he washes us and cleanses us. That's an ongoing washing and cleansing based on the sprinkled blood of Jesus. Now, in the Old Testament, what would happen, uh, the people would go to uh, the, um, the priest at the temple who would sacrifice an animal, and part of that blood, they actually dip sometimes some hyssop uh, plant, and they'd sprinkle the blood on the people. And that was a reminder that God was the one who was forgiving their sins, and he would forgive their sins. And you see, Christ has forgiven all our sins on the cross, he did it once and for all, and he said it's finished. 
by his blood alone. And it's as though the Holy Spirit keeps sanctifying us by sprinkling that blood on us again and again as a reminder, you are forgiven. There's nothing between you and God. It's all good. And you are chosen and sanctified for obedience to Christ Jesus. In other words, we were called uh, to obey him and his commands to us, which are essentially calls to faith and um, to do. Uh, the disciples asked once, what are the works that God called, uh, wants us to do? And Jesus said, believe in, uh, in, this, in the one that he sent, Jesus, the Son. And he says these incredible words. I know that each sort of book of the New Testament starts with them and that's, they, they, we gloss over them, but grace and peace be yours in abundance. May the grace, the undeserved favour of God, may uh, the blessing of God be poured out on you in every way. And that peace, that, that peace in your heart, that peace, uh, the wholeness of life, which is uh, so important. As Colin Buchanan said in his uh, song, his kids' song, the greatest treasure in the whole wide world is peace with God. And there's a, a sense where when we know we're at peace with God, we're at peace with ourselves and we're at peace with one another because we know that all's good. And he says, this peace is be yours in abundance. It's lavish. It's poured out on us again and again and again. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is verse 3. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Praise him in his mercy. That, uh, in mercy. If you've done something to earn mercy, then it's not mercy. It's not something that, we, that we've earned or it's not our, something we're rewarded for. If you... He... He has been merciful to us and he's brought us into a new birth, a new start, as a new person, a new creation. He has renewed us and cleansed us and washed us and given us the righteousness of Christ. And he's given us what Peter says there, a living hope. A hope that's not dead, a hope that's alive. And that living hope came when Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. Because when he was raised from the dead, God put his seal of approval on everything he'd done, on, on his, his life, his ministry. God had said, he, he, here's Jesus in whom I delight. And, and, uh, and Jesus went to the cross and he, and he bore our sins once and for all. And he did it perfectly as the perfect son of God. And Jesus, uh, and so God, God the Father showed his approval and his seal on all that Jesus had done by raising him from the dead, proving that, as Jesus had said, it's finished. He's been raised from the dead. And so we have a living hope, but this living hope is now. It's not, it is in the future, for sure, but it's a living hope. It is alive in us. It springs to life. And when does it spring to life? Well, especially in times when, uh, when things are hard, when there's confusion. When there's fears, this uh, uh, coronavirus that we, we've been thinking about and speaking about and hearing on the news about over and over again, it brings so many fears uh, and uh, for our children, for our parents, for ourselves, for really for life as, as we've known it. How, how's it going to be in the future? It's like everything is kind of 
been shaken up. And um, what we really need now is a living hope, not a, not a shaky hope. So it said, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade. Kept in heaven for you. This inheritance that's ours, nothing can take it away. Now, we had some toilet paper stored the other day, as people tend to do, and when we had a heavy shower of rain, the rain actually overflowed that box gutter and it ran in and it made one of the toilet paper rolls go all crusty. Our prepping uh, didn't uh, shield us, really. Uh, it either perished, spoiled or fade, or something like that. But you know that if we are preparing or trying to secure ourselves by uh, doing anything, those things in the end will run out or they will perish or they'll spoil or they'll fade. They'll, they'll, lose, they'll lose their ability to give us the security. And even as we uh, you know, stuff our cupboards full of stuff, we, we don't have that security because our guarantee comes through Jesus. And that's a living hope, and it's alive. And it's alive as the Holy Spirit brings it into us. So into an inheritance, that's, that's all that God has for us in Christ, the inheritance uh, of this earth and the one to come, uh, of all good things through him, that will never perish, spoil or fade. It is kept in heaven for us. It is kept in heaven because that's where Jesus is. And if Jesus has been raised from the dead, and he's standing at the right hand of the hand of the Father right now, and he is ruling over all things, and he's um, pleading for us, he's interceding for us, he's praying for us, therefore our hope is kept safe in heaven. Who through faith are shielded, that's us, through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that's ready to be revealed in the last time. Did you hear that? By God's power, that's the, the God who created everything, who made everything in this world, who uh, is the Redeemer, who is the Judge, who is the Lord, who is the Ruler, who is the King, who has all authority, that one, that one who He is shielding us through faith. Now if He's shielding us, what can destroy us? As um, I often point out, uh, it said, Jesus at one point says, you know, some of you will be uh, killed for your faith, but don't worry, not a hair on your head will be harmed. What's he talking about there? He's talking about our eternal security. It is safe in him. And uh, Paul says in uh, Romans eight thirty five, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? Now in all these things we are more than conquerors. Through him who loved us. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, that is worth hearing. We are shielded by his power. And if we're shielded by his power, then... 
sickness cannot snatch us out of his power. His power is greater than that. Hatreds and war and loneliness, the devil himself, cannot snatch us out of his hands. Not even us. We can't snatch ourselves out of his hands. And that's good to know because sometimes we think, oh, I've got these worries, I've got these doubts, so maybe God, if he sees that I'm doubting him a bit or I haven't got quite enough faith and I'm, I'm not working myself up, maybe I'll snatch myself out of his hand. But no, nothing can separate us from the love of God that's come through us through Christ Jesus. Even death. Because Jesus was raised from the dead. And so will all who believe in him. And this salvation, the coming of the salvation, that's to be revealed in the last time. So it's future. And yet he's telling us now. Why? Well, because if we know the end is secure, we'll live in the security of it now. We'll live in the peace of it now. Our, our worry is it's alleviated. It's not completely destroyed. It'll never, it'll never truly go. But you see, the foundation is not shifting. Because you see, this foundation, who is Jesus Christ, who is the rock, who cannot be moved and cannot be shaken, this foundation, our lives are built upon. And sometimes we build little houses upon them. And we, build, we spend a lot of time building things. And sometimes when a hard time comes away, when I, when I say houses, I mean all, all that we do in our lives and our work and our families and and everything, we, all our hopes and dreams, we, we build these things on this foundation because we trust in Jesus. And sometimes hard come, times come and it seems like all of them uh, are kind of swept away or they're all in doubt or they're all shaky. It's like a, it's like a, a solid rock foundation and a card house built on top. But the foundation will never move. It's secure in the... Uh, in the past by what Jesus has done so that and we know that our future is secure through where he stands and and uh, and what he's done for us so therefore in the present we know that our foundation is rock solid because we're on Jesus even if everything else kind of gets swept away or or knocked down so our rock stands and now he goes on to, uh, in verse 6, he says, In this you greatly rejoice, though now, for a little while, you may have to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. See, that's where he's getting to it. We have all kinds of trials. We have, we have real trials. Uh, sometimes they call them hardships, sometimes sufferings, different things the New Testament talks about quite a lot. And the thing is about hardships is they're hard. They're not kind of a little bit hard. Hardships are really hard. Hardships hurt. Pain hurts. Suffering, trials. And, and, and uh, with the, the mental hardship that comes with it, hardships are just plain hard. But what he's saying is you're going to face all types of things like this, but you know the foundation on which you stand. And so, even in this, you greatly rejoice. Now, what does that great rejoicing look like? Well, it's not necessarily a whole lot of laughing. Sometimes there's not much laughing in these times. But we have this kind of firm thing in our heart where we know we're secure, regardless of what's going on. And that is the thing which is it's just plain gold. 
it is the, the richest and most beautiful thing we could ever want or ever need. And he actually goes on to talk about gold. He says, these things have come so that your faith, which is of greater worth than gold. Now, hang on, the, the, the thing that's most valuable in this world is gold. But your faith is worth more than that. And gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, but your faith may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory and honour when Jesus Christ is revealed. In other words, our faith, the most incredible thing will be when Jesus returns or when whatever happens in our lives, we still have faith. It's actually a miracle because he, he, is, he actually gives us faith in the end or in the beginning too. He's always giving us faith. But it's all to his glory and praise and honour because it just shows how great he is. And uh, all glory be to God. You see, at the end of the day, uh, we're going to say, he shielded me by his great power. How good's God? All praise and glory and honour are his. It's just, God is so good. He is so good. And, and, even through these hard times, somehow, although uh, we don't get it, he's, a, he, he's bringing a refining. Though, now the question is, these people, these saints, these holy ones, these, these children of God, what, what, are, what are they like? What, what, how are they in relationship with God? He says this, though you have not seen him, that's us. Though we haven't seen him, you see, Peter was someone who had seen Jesus. We haven't seen him. And, and John said at the end of his gospel, blessed, you're blessed, but more blessed are those people who see, don't see me and believe. You see what he's saying? Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him. And you are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you're receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Can you see that? An inexpressible and glorious joy. Again, I'll say it. This is not talking about happiness, as in the sense of we're laughing and, and carrying on, although we do make toilet paper jokes. We're not talking about those. What we're saying is we have this rock in our heart which is solid and nothing can take it away. Especially in hardships. What we can say this is I know my rock. I know him. I know Jesus. And because I know the one I love and I know that he saved me, and I know that I can rely upon him above all else. And I know that nothing can steal in the way that I'm safe, that I'm secure. And not even my doubts and my fears or anything else can separate me from the love of God. For I am receiving the goal of my faith. Or you are receiving the goal of your faith. The salvation of your souls. You see, it's like that salvation which is in the future is reaching back into the present and just filling us with this inexpressible joy and and not even our doubts and fears or anything else can take it away. It is safe. I want to just finish by uh, reading a bit uh, from Psalm 18 and I've been referring to it along the way. It says, 
The Lord is, this is Psalm 18 verse 2, The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock, in whom I take refuge. He is my shield, and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. And I really encourage you, if you've got a bit of spare time now, to go and grab your Bible and, and get hold of Psalm 18, and just have a just re really carefully read what it's saying and and uh, what David's uh, saying in it because it's an incredible psalm about the security we have in God in in times which are are really shaky and really tough. Uh, I'm going to pray. Father, we just want to give you thanks for who you are. We want to give you thanks for the guarantee you've given us by your Holy Spirit the seal you've put on our life because Jesus has done everything to bring us home to the Father and he still pleads for us right now. And he holds our salvation in his hands and he stands at your right hand and it's safe and we're safe. Father, I pray that as uh, days and weeks come now where, where times get even more confusing and uh, times are just, just plain hard in every way, that you would remind us of this, that your Holy Spirit would spring to life in our minds with this living hope, and that we would somehow, through the hardship, know we're safe with you, and that all is good. And Father, I pray that you would even give us that inexpressible joy. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.